Good afternoon, and welcome to Off the Record with Georgia Pierre, where there are no filters. Uh, I'm your host on today's episode, and it is called Eccentric Baby Names, Lifetime of Ridicule or Success, which will explore the baby name phenomenon, especially with celebrities, and how racial discrimination sits. But before we do that, it's time to delve into the OTR report, short for Off the Record, where I'll sound off on things in the media life or stuff I want to get off my chest. My friend and comedian Norman joins me to assist. Norman, are you ready? Yes, I am. I'm not perfection. <laughs> <laughs> perfection. Let's begin. Okay, so for the first half of the LCR report, we always get into the personal tidbits. And this time, I'm just going to make it all about me because it's my birthday week. Cake, 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 cake. Oh, it's a Hey, it's my mother-loving birthday. Yes, so it's real season. <laughs> I'm excited to celebrate my birthday this week. Um, I just... just I think it's so interesting because when you talk about birthday celebrations in general, you know, people just kind of go all out like, yo, it's my birthday, and I need the world to know it's my birthday. Do you know I share the same birthday as Madonna? When I was younger, I thought I was like, oh, oh my man. freaking goodness, Madonna and uh, I have the same birthday. That says something. It does say something, right? That say something. Like, yes, Madonna. Um. Anywho, that's all I got to say about the personal tidbits. I mean, this 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 week it's a little bit light. Um, I'm just excited to see another year, and um, hey, I can't wait. So celebrating it in D.C., which you're going to be celebrating with me, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll be there. I think my my big headed brother's going to be there too. So that's <laughs> <good>. <laughs> yes, I want everyone to come come kick it with me. If you're in D.C., feel free. I mean, if not, you'll hear about it. Um, but and or see pictures on my yeah. Instagram. But I'm gonna I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a drink. For my for my birthday as a as a redo a redo drink for fun. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, when is your birthday, Norman? My my birthday was June ninth. Oh, so you're still a summer not, baby. I can rock with that. I gotta mark that on my calendar. June ninth, Norman yeah, Norman's you, birthday. You, you you better baby. I I will, baby. So any is there anything that you want to go off the record about this this week, Norman? Anything personal that's going on or anything funny that happened to you? You know, um, it's, my, it's pretty boring as shit. So there's nothing going on other, other than my my sweet tooth, which is kind of a, it's gonna it's gonna be a death me, I'm sure. I I pleaded I pleaded uh, three times about twelve so I, I got a problem. Wait, so what do you if you have a sweet tooth? What what are your cravings for? Like, what I mean, the chocolate is it ice cream? Is it what is it? It's usually just something that would knock out all my teeth with my cravings. Anything like that, uh, ice cream, can, candy. Women, you know. All of the above. You said women. Mm, that's interesting. Okay, I see. They'll knock your teeth out, too. <laughs> give me a cavity. God damn it. <laughs> you said the death of me. No, that's funny. You're hilarious. So women, be careful, because no one has a sweet tooth, and he might be coming for you. So that's funny. Um, wait, so last week, did you ever take care of your clean clothes that were laying next to you? I was curious about that. The size, the size that continues with the laundry. I did. I folded some of it. it the, the mountain is smaller. You know so why I thought about because that. I washed my clothes this weekend, and I was like, I wonder if Norman's clothes are still laying next to him. Um, the, the valley that was there is not as it's not as deep as it was. So it's, it's small. It's more of a hill, not not mountain. So that's it. <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, okay, so Norman, you'll obviously be joining me later on in the show to run down the pop culture portion of the off-the-record report, which will be actually, there's some interesting things on there. Um, but, anywho, how can listeners find you online? You can find me um, on Twitter. I'm using there 24-7. It's uh, at N-O-R-M-M-Y-N-O-R-M. Norm, you know me no Check yeah. me out. Follow, follow at your own risk, right? <laughs> follow at your own risk. You know how I go. Follow at your own risk. Perfect. Stand by, Norman. Uh, now, if you missed the OCR report, it will be available on my website, georgiapierre.com. After the show, if you have something that you want to go off the record about, email info at georgiapierre.com, subject line, the OCR report. So now time to introduce my guest of the hour. Born in Baltimore, Maryland, and currently residing in Los Angeles, Tammy Cook is a licensed aesthetician, educator, and makeup artist working in Beverly Hills. Tammy received her bachelor's in psychology and went on to study makeup artistry from Von Lee International School of Aesthetics, as well as graduating from the Aveda Institute in D.C. In 
trained in both Eastern and Western modalities, Tammy takes on a holistic approach to skin care therapy. Since working in L.A., Tammy has provided facials, <coughs> excuse me, Tammy has provided facials for the 2012 Academy Awards and has been a featured freelance makeup artist for various MAC Cosmetics industry events, empowering her clients to make proper lifestyle choices with her inside-out approach. I welcome Tammy Cook. Tammy, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Um, I'm trying to get rid of this cough all of a sudden. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I know you're such a busy woman these days, so thank you so much for your time. It's my pleasure. Yes. Um, so my second guest, with roots in Evanston, Illinois, my next guest is an author and founder of parenting website, babynames.com. Jennifer Moss received her degree in music theory and composition from Northwestern University. Yet her, her affinity for computers and technology led her to work in IT, eventually launching one of the first parenting websites and consulting for various Internet companies in L.A. Her love for the Internet continued into writing, thus publishing her first book in 2008 called One in a Million Baby Name Book, actively involved in volunteer efforts for animal rescue and working on her second book, I Welcome Jennifer Moss. Jennifer, how are you? Good, how are you? I am doing phenomenal. Thank you both for joining me. So you can join in on the discussion at 347-202-0591 and by using the hashtag off the record with GP on Twitter and Facebook. Find me on Twitter at Georgette Pierre. Jennifer and Tammy again, thanks for joining me. So Jennifer, I know you have this babynames.com website. First and foremost, congrats on even locking that URL in so early because I, I would imagine <laughs> it's so popular now, right? <laughs> right. Well, I was lucky to do it way back in the day in 1996 and when it was still available. <laughs> I know. I can imagine. So you're obviously the founder of that website, and you also are the author of the book, One in a Million Baby Name Book. What inspired you to write that book? Well, you know, at the time it was published, I'd had 15 years of working with parents in choosing baby names. So I wanted to, you know, get that experience down and, you know, talk about best practices and what the challenges parents faced along the way. So that's what the first part of it is about. Most of it is baby names and meanings. It's a traditional baby name book, but it also has a lot of information from what we've gleaned from our visitors, and that's incorporated into the names part. Like people who like this name also like that name, which is called collaborative filtering. So that's something unique about the book itself. So is there, I mean, it says million. Are there literally a million baby names in that book? Uh, no, there aren't a million baby names. The title comes from working with millions of users on a monthly basis. We get over 2 million unique visitors a month, believe it or not. So it's from that experience and that collective intelligence that we, we get these best practices. We're definitely going to delve more into your book because I, I definitely have some more questions about it. Um, I think that's amazing, by the way. Um, Thank you. Tammy, so you're currently based in L.A., and you work in Beverly Hills, and you and I went to school together at Norfolk State. Shout out to our alma mater, Norfolk Virginia. I'm not afraid. <laughs> <laughs> and so we knew you as Tamika, but you obviously go by Tammy now. What led you to shorten your name? Yeah, well, working in Beverly Hills um, as an esthetician and being in my field, I, from my personal experiences, I encountered a struggle with being booked. So one prime example happened. I was working at one of my jobs, and a woman came in, and I wasn't at the front. I was in the back. And the receptionist um, gave her my name. She was like, well, who's my esthetician? And she said, Tamika. And the woman literally placed her hand on her chest and looked shocked and was like, well, what happened to the nice blonde girl I had last time? <laughs> and when she shared that with me, I was like, okay. So she's like, she might be a little apprehensive. So she gave me a heads up, but I can do just a really good job. And when I met her, she did seem very apprehensive to work with me. But once I was done with the facial, she loved me. And my other job, um, my name was Tamika, obviously. I was going by that. And there were two other girls, um, and their name was Tim. And a client will call and like, oh, I want to book an appointment. Who do you have on the books? And they'll say, Kim, Kim, and Tamika. And they'll be like, oh, you can book me with one of the Kim. And for a month, I was not booked for services. Oh, and I was like, 
I can't do this no more. So I was trying to think of a way of shortening my name, still maintaining a part of my identity, and mm-hmm. being able to, you know, be more accepted to a degree, and just seeing if that was the case, or if, if I was just the new girl and that's why I wasn't being booked. And literally, as soon as I changed my name on a book, I got booked. So this is because the question that pops up, because I know, Jennifer, you were making sounds just like me. Um, the one thing that kind of pops up in my mind is, did you automatically know it was your name? Like, did anyone kind of give you that, hey, Tamika, I think maybe you should change your name to Tammy or to something else that seems more, um, I don't know, just, that just didn't stand out as much as, as, as Tamika did this. Well, I also understand my field within itself. My field, the majority are, um, like, you know, majority white women or actually European women from Europe and Asians. So, and generally, estheticians are more older, and that's what they're revered with is their age. I've been doing it for 12 years. I've been doing it for 20 years. So being a young African-American esthetician, it's like that sense of relatability. Like, I don't think it's so much direct discrimination as much as just I feel like you can't relate to me discrimination. Because mm-hmm. it's like if I have, you know, if I'm a 50-year-old woman and I have menopausal skin, how can you relate to that being this young black woman who's like 20? Like that's, how can you correlate to that? Right, right. So I, I just feel like it might have been more so like that sense of relatability and that's what caused that hindrance. And I actually did another trial because I, I knew from um, taking psychology courses that sometimes your name is effective with your potential career options. And even down with my resume, like I literally sent out my resume and I had Tamika Cook, exact same resume, exact same credentials, and I didn't get a lot of feedback from offline. I sent the same resume, switched my name, and then I got called back. I actually had a very similar experience. Yeah, I'm talking about that, Jennifer, yeah. Yeah, I'm Caucasian. My background is German and Irish. Um, I married a Hispanic man, and I took his last name. And mm. as soon as I did that, um, my surname was obviously different, and I started feeling that people were treating me differently. When we were buying a house, they steered us into neighborhoods that we specifically said we weren't interested in. And when we said the neighborhoods we did want to live in, they said, oh, you can't afford anything up there. I also had job discrimination as well. It's like I'd never had a problem getting a job. I have great background. I was very technical. Um, and then I started interviewing for a new job, and people wouldn't even look me in the eyes. And so I did an experiment similar to Tammy's, and I changed my name back to my birth name, which is Moss. And I sent out the resumes, and I started getting interviews, and I got a job within a week. Oh, my goodness. That's so to, to, to double back on both of you, I'll start with you, Jennifer, since um, how did that make you feel? Like, how do you respond to something like that? Like, that, I don't, I don't know. Like, what, what did you feel at that moment when, when that was happening? Um, I couldn't believe it because, obviously, I had not faced that my entire life, you know, growing up a right. white woman. <laughs> um, right, so right. So it was really shocking to me. And, you know, you can always – sympathize with people of color and people that are different and who are discriminated against, but you don't really know what it feels like until it happens to you, and it feels unfair, and you get angry, and you're like, I can't believe this is really happening. Um, And that's how I reacted at first, but then I decided after I did my experiment, you know, maybe it is my last name, you know, and I just couldn't believe that would be the possibility, but it was. So, yeah, it made me angry. Yeah, so, so what about, Tammy, what about you? I mean, obviously you're, you're working in a profession that you kind of you kind of knew a background on and, and that this possibly being a situation, but initially what were your, what was, what were your thoughts when you, you saw the difference between the reactions between your, 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 your full name and then you shortening your name? Um, it was extreme frustration as well just because, I'm the same professional, same person, same energy, same everything. But literally, it's like I was discriminated against for something that, you know, is something a part of me. So it just makes you feel incomplete, and it makes you actually aware that people still to this day, if they're not open-minded, if they're not, you know, acceptance of differences, they find any way to discriminate against you. And Mm -hmm. it's just for you have to, like, kind of go above and beyond that when you do have those different names or something that is identifiable as far as race, you have to really go above and beyond to prove them wrong. So that right. just so, okay. But right. if you don't have that opportunity, 
Yeah, but if you don't have the opportunity, you never have the chance to prove them differently. Exactly. Right. Sometimes you're not even given the opportunity. There were people who just looked at my resume and tossed it, you know, I'm sure. Yeah, no, I can imagine. So wait, what's your book, Jennifer? Because I'm curious about some of the names that you have in there. How did you, <clears throat> I mean, I know you said there was a way that you, you, you know, um, if, if someone looked at one name, then you also added suggestions. But is your book mainly, you know, is it mainly, I guess, for lack of a better word, is it more so geared towards white people names or is it is there a mix no, of No, not at all. American no, we pride ourselves in having a very ethnically diverse database. Okay. Um and we've gathered names. We've actually hand procured our database from all around the world and we have two um actual name experts on staff. And by name experts, I mean people who've gotten PhD in, you know, um in names and the etymology of names. People who do this for their life's work. Um, so we have one of the most accurate databases online and ethnically diverse. Um, yeah. But we do come up against um, prejudice. We have a name suggestion service, and in the notes some types of people will write and say, I want white names only, which there's no really no such thing as a white right, name. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> But we do come up against that, too. Or, you know, when people are responding to names, this is a horrible name. No, it's not horrible. It's just different ethnically than what you're used to. So, no, because I, I was curious. I was wondering what was some of the feedback that you've gotten from people in regards to, because, you know, say I, I am I'm getting ready to have my child, my son or daughter, and, and I'm, I'm coming to your website, but I don't really – no, like do people, you know, do you get all types of, of inquiries from what should I name my baby to mm-hmm. uh, what if I want to spell it this way? Like what type of, what have been the, the ranges of inquiries that you've received since your website and, and, and just this, this, this go-to book? Yeah, I think a lot of people, they get confused. They get a lot of input. Now that the Internet's out there, you know, they're overloaded with input and names and, of course, Friends and family are going to give you their opinions as well. So people come to us and say, you know, is this really right? What are the things I should look at? Um, They ask if they should use unusual spellings. Um, They bounce names off of us. And I do have a column on my website where I do, you know, questions and answers, and I choose different questions every week to respond to. And so it's a lot of that, too. You know, what names go together as siblings. You know, there's just myriad questions about baby names and their own names that come through to us. Now, Tammy, um, I wanted to go back to you as far as, like, your profession. So obviously, because I know you both are based um, in California on the West Coast. And, and and so, as they say, it's usually a little bit more Hollywood or a little bit more jaded, and especially for your industry, Tammy. You know, for someone that's looking to get into that, like, what are some of the things that you've encountered, um, you know, that you would kind of suggest to someone that's, that that may have a unique name? What are some things that you would say to them um, in regards to working in that type of field or just something kind of, you know, a little bit more, I, I guess, for lack of a better word, vain, because this is about your skin care and, you know, looking good initially, you know, essentially, so... Well, what I've learned so far from being in um, L.A. and the Hollywood approach is more about image with anything else. Like, yeah. some people have eccentric names, but it works for them. Like, one esthetician I knew of, I never met her personally, but her name still rings to this day. Her name was Effie, and everyone talked about her. But with Effie, you don't know what she is. I don't even know her ethnicity to this day. <laughs> but you don't know if she's Ethiopian. You don't know if she's, you know, you don't know the, really the derivative of her name. But it was eccentric enough where it wasn't too racial identified, but it was more so, like, a unique name. And she was apparently really good, so she's talked about to this day. So mm. to those degrees, I think it can help you. But with Los Angeles, like, I feel like you got to understand what you're working with. You are working with Hollywood. You are working with image. You are working with, like, this kind of upper echelon type of mentality. So you have to fit in with that to that degree. You have to be able to relate mm. to them. And if they hear a very ethnic name, they might be like, they automatically will cancel you out, possibly because it's not that the name is so much unique as much as it's just too ethnic, per se. And it's like, you know, it's, it's sometimes people affiliate a name with a class. And see, that's because that was the other thing I was going to ask both of you all, because the one thing that I thought about from what I could, like, I saw a little segment from Freakonomics um, and just, just different articles that I read and studies, and, you know, it's, it's I, 
I just never understood how can you associate someone's name with their education level and their economic status. And I just, I that just kind of so baffles me to this day because obviously, you know, ethically racial names are that are noticeable or recognizable kind of get put at the bottom of a pile opposed to something that's, oh, John, and you know, you know, I get like your name Jennifer or, or something that. Right. Something along those lines. I just, I, I don't know. I don't understand how, how, and I don't know if you all can explain this or kind of just offer your opinion on it. But I just, I don't see how that is a way to determine whether someone's going to be good or bad or, or um, least successful in a position just because of their name. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, I know the biggest name. Um, and we'll delve into it more. Uh, that stands out to me is because I knew someone by the name of Shaniqua. And, I mean, the first thing you think about when you hear Shaniqua is this is definitely a woman of color. Um, but I think it goes a little bit deeper, like, well, how did she grow up? You know, what is her education level like? Um, is she going, you know, just all these different things, all these stigmas become attached to a Shaniqua. I mean, Jennifer, when you first hear a name like Shaniqua, what comes to your mind? Um, well, yeah, I do think of a black woman, but yeah. I you know, I grew up in a very urban environment and went to, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. Laboratory School. So right, I'm kind of unique in that respect. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, I don't think of lower socioeconomic or of less education. But like I said, I grew up in a, a very specialized right. environment. Right, and everyone didn't have that similar background to you. Um, you know. Right. Tammy, what about you? What do you right. think about when you... Because you, you probably know some Shaniquas, Tammy. I think we all know some Shaniquas. <laughs> yeah. I mean, automatically you do think of a black girl. Like, that's the yeah. first thing that comes to your mind is a black girl. Um, and then for some people they might think it's a hood, quote, unquote, black girl. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm, of their name. Mm-hmm. And, like, with more inner city, inner city um, like, living environments, they try to make their names as eccentric as possible because – the parents want their child name to stand out. And in one of the articles I was reading, they were saying, like, how this eccentric names have kind of become, to some people, a detriment. Yeah. And, like, a, you know, a Shaniqua or something like that, like, you might think of, you you just have a visual of this girl. And let's say <laughs> a Shaniqua came out and said it was, a, like, you know, a white girl with blonde hair and blue eyes. It, it was, <laughs> like, they might look forward to me, like, what? Exactly. Well, it's interesting. It's interesting also the history of the African American created names is to rebel against their white given names that were that. were put upon them during slavery times. So during, you know, the 60s and the 70s when the black power movement came about, it was a way of um, you know, creating their own identity and choosing names that were based on Arabic and African names um, to get basically back to the roots. And, you know, a lot of African-American names do have, like, the L-A or the D-E in front of it, like Deshaun, um, and that comes from the Creole origins. It comes from, you know, Creole and the French origins, definitely. It's, you know, it's like, you know, saying the Donald for Donald Trump. I am the right. one. <laughs> you know, so it's a, it's really interesting in the history of it and how it's become more prevalent since the 60s, through the 60s and 70s, and now is, uh, you know, it, it is acceptable to create names in the black community. And it's also, yeah. funny enough, there's one um, pocket of um Mormons in Utah that also create names, and they sound very similar. So you will find Shaniquas that are blonde and blue-eyed if they come from a particular pocket of Mormons in Utah because it's, it's, um, it's a very traditional thing for them to create names as well. That's interesting. So hope we're gonna, I'm going to pause right there. So um, you all have been offering some great insight uh, about you know, baby names and just even, like, the background of names. And we're going to continue that. I've got to just run the second half of the OTR report where we're going to sound off on the latest headlines and pop culture news. And Norman will be joining me to assist in this again. Norman, welcome back. So what do you think about the conversation so far on baby names? Baby names, yeah, I, t- I totally agree with uh, with Tammy, actually, because 
interesting enough, my, I think that's probably my mom's mom's mindset when she named uh, me and my brothers. Because my, my name is Norman, my brother's name is Nicholas, and my other brother's name is Neil. So, I mean, if you're looking at a resume or something, it makes a difference. You know, very, yeah, very white name. It's, but, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. And it's yeah. so funny because we're going to get into part of that for the pop culture portion of the, the OTR report about baby names and such and that. But before we do, I want to talk about this. You know, I love my hip-hop. So Big Sean has a song called Control featuring Jay Electronica, who's signed to Rock Nation, and Kendrick Lamar. And so it obviously it's it's not going to make Big Sean's uh, upcoming album uh, Hall of Fame. But the <laughs> biggest controversy, right. So the biggest controversy about this song is Kendrick Lamar called out all his rap peers. He went in on, you know, J. Cole and Big Crit and, and, and Pusha T. The Internet especially Twitter, of course, was in an uproar about that rap is competition. And I don't even, I don't think people should take it that seriously, but I think I think people were really kind of hung over about some of his lines. For example, I got love for you all, but I'm trying to murder you and trying to make sure your core fans never murder <laughs> you and they don't want to hear not one more down or verb from you and what is competition? I'm trying to raise the bar high. I think it's interesting, but I don't necessarily know if people should have taken it that seriously. What are your thoughts about it? I think people took it seriously as maybe for two reasons. One, because maybe he talked about the artists that they like. Maybe it's their favorite. You know, everyone that can have the same favorite. And then I guess the biggest the bigger thing was when he said he was a king of New York. I, I, people take reservation with that since he's from L.A. So it's, it's kind of, he kind of, it was bold. It was bold as shit. It was a bold thing to do. I like yeah. it, though. It was, I thought it was a good thing. I mean, the key word in... And what he was saying was raise the bar, and I think it's a, it's a, it's right on time for hip hop because a lot of people are getting lazy, and a lot of people are making formulas to sell music instead of making real music. So he's all forced into. You to know, I, I think I read also that Pusha T responded back uh, on Twitter like, "I hear I hear you loud and clear, my end." Uh, <laughs> <and> so, <laughs> I love that Pusha T responded back, though. You know, rap and, and music has always been competition. For I, 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 you know, everyone wants to be the best. Everyone can't yeah. be the best. That's the way it goes. But I mean, for me, it was. I think it was something that he he probably thought was, was a fun thing, a good thing for hip hop to do. I love it. I'm not mad at it at all. Kudos to, to him for for shaking it up a little bit. Yeah, um, it was funny. It was funny too. <laughs> so moving on to the next thing, you know, Katy Perry and Rihanna unite at Katy Perry's um, album listening party in New York City for Prism. And I think uh, what was interesting about this is uh, people thought. Feathers were ruffled because, you know, when Rihanna came to the Grammys with Chris Brown at the time, you know, Katy Perry, I think, was very vocal. But again, you can't really believe all these blogs. So when, when, when Rihanna showed up and they took pictures together and, she, and Rihanna was on her Instagram, it's like, oh, my gosh, Katy Perry and Rihanna united. You know, in my mind, I don't think there was ever really a problem. Yeah. So I, yeah. I just thought it was, I thought it was interesting. So and the, pic, the picture's awful. The picture's awful. I don't know what she's doing. Like, she just oh, got in there. Oh, God, you're a mess. You said the picture was awful. You're a mess. Anywho, this one actually, this story is actually one of the most. <laughs> <laughs> um, this story is the most fitting for the topic, obviously. And so, a judge ordered a baby's name to be changed from Messiah to Martin. And what was interesting about this, and this is in Tennessee, and they were trying to figure out um, the baby's last name. And so, the judge said that the seventh-month-old baby's name should be changed from Messiah to Martin and that only Jesus has earned that name. And in my mind, I'm just like, you're injecting your religious beliefs. Now that mother is actually looking to appeal this case. How dare her, right? How dare the judge? What do you talk about that? Like, what's the problem in tennis? That was problematic to me. I didn't like that. What was she? What was she thinking though? Did she really sit down and say, you know, Messiah? That's a good name for a child. I mean, it's not. It's not really a good name for starters, and then especially in the South. So yeah, it's a big. It's more of a big deal that they kind of infuse religion into a lot more things than they really need to. So it's not all her to change it. I don't think the laws have anything to do with it. Hey, I agree. Martin is her last name. Is the mother's last name, and so. You're basically telling her her son's name needs to be Martin. I don't think the judge has any rights to make this woman change her son's name. That's not there at all. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a little weird, too, because you want you, you would expect that wouldn't be part of a judgment or a ruling. 
and judicial system. Right, exactly, so, exactly. You know. So, anywho, Norman, thank you for uh, for running down this report with me. If you missed the OCR report, it will be available on my website, georgefpr.com, after the show. If you have something that you want to go off the record about, email me at info at georgefpr.com, subject line, the OCR report. So if you're just now tuning in, you're listening to Eccentric Baby Names, Lifetime of Ridicule or Success on Off the Record with Georgia Pierre. My guests and I are talking about the baby name phenomenon and how that will affect a child growing up. My guest, Jennifer Moss, author of the One in a Million Baby Name book, and Tammy Cook, licensed physician and makeup artist, join me today. Ladies, are you? what did you think about the last story actually was very interesting to me. I was a little teed off that the judge was trying to tell the, the mother that she had to change her son's name. Do, do you think that it should ever get taken that far where someone's name has to be changed by, by law? I, I, just, I thought that was just strange to me. I think in this instance, um, it is not a fortunate name. However, it, I don't think right. it borders on abuse. I think right. if a name borders on abuse and would be a huge hindrance to the child in his or her life, then the law should get involved. Like, for example, there was a judge in um, New Zealand who um, changed the name of Tallulah Does the Hula from Hawaii. Now, that was the whole first name. And Ooh. that was subject the child to ridicule. There was another case where parents named their son Adolf Hitler because they were supremacists, right, and neo-Nazis. Now that, I think, borders on abuse. Messiah, as I would not recommend it, and what it's what we call an expectation name, when you expect your child to live up to their name. Um, But it's actually a name that's become more and more popular, and I don't think that the judge should have gotten involved in this one. I I, I agree, and I I was, you know, sometimes I wonder if it has to do with where they're located because they're in the south in Tennessee. And, and, you know, I mean, I live in New York City, and it's a lot more liberal here, and I don't even think that even would have been a cause for anything going on in L.A. either. And so that's why I thought Tennessee, I don't know, it was just – it was interesting. But speaking of some of these interesting names, what about the celebrity baby name phenomenon that's been going on? I mean, you know, there's Blue Ivy, there's North, there's Audio Science, there's Apple, there's Your Majesty. I mean, the list goes on. Do you think these celebrity parents are being selfish with these types of names for their children? Well, the celebrities, yeah. yeah, sorry, celebrities by nature are artists. So they're creative artists, and they like being creative. So, yes, they will choose more creative baby names, and that's what I've found in that community and from living in Los Angeles and being around celebrity culture. Um, But that being said, I also think um, a lot of it is also done for publicity purposes. And in that respect, yes, they're being selfish because it's not doing the child a service. Right. I, I definitely agree with that. Tammy, what are your thoughts about that? You know how, I mean, everyone was holding their breath for Kanye um, and Kim to release the baby name of their daughter. What are your thoughts about the celebrity, the na- baby naming phenomenon, as I like to call it? Um, I think a little of the names are definitely a little out of control. But um, <laughs> as Jennifer was saying, like, they're an artist at the end of the day. And some of these artists, whether they are or they think they are, they're extraordinary people. So you can't right. have an average name for an extraordinary parent. <laughs> so it's as, <laughs> as expected to have these eccentric, over-the-top um, publicity names because it does keep them in the spotlight. Why do they name that child that? It's a lot of hype behind it. As far as the child themselves, yeah, I think it is selfish for the child because now this child has to grow up with this name. But if their parent is like, Michael Jackson, <laughs> and your name is <laughs> At the end of the day, like Michael Jackson is an icon who will probably, in the end of time, be remembered. So right. I think he might have some leeway. The kids are still going to tease him at the end of the day, but it's like, yeah, I'm blanket, and my father's Michael Jackson. What's your point? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like, you know, that's a, that's a little bit of an exception. But as I said before, it is a little extreme, but you can't expect anything less from an artist. This is true. So I, I feel like I, like I feel like this has opened so many doors. I mean, I don't have any children, um, but I, you know, when when my parents name me, my name is obviously Georgia, and so sometimes I'll get abbreviation of like George, Georgie, 
you know, my dad's name is George because they thought I was going to be a boy. And so they added X to my name to make it George X. But, you know, you never, when you, when you hear about these things, you never think about how is my name going to sound to somebody else. Like, I think, you know, sometimes, you know, it's easier for, for, for children that are, are born to wealthy parents. But what about those that aren't born to wealthy or, or rich parents? What, what, what about them? Uh, you know, are they, is, do you believe that, that a child can be set up um, for success or failure in their names, especially if they're not born to, to someone that, that's wealthy. Jennifer, I'll throw that one to you first. You know, I think a name is what you make of it. I mean, the perfect example is Barack Hussein Obama. He had everything yeah. going against him for that name <laughs> in terms of politics and in terms of becoming president because, like, all three of his names, like Barack rhymed with a rock, you know, and Hussein, you know, it's just there were so many connotations to it but it didn't hinder him in any way you know he got elected twice so really it it depends on the personality of the person um and yes you can give your child an advantage by you know not naming them audio science if you're a mainstream (laughs) average person and you know the one thing that we do recommend is you know don't just pick a name that you like, look at the name from the perspective of the child and how they can live with it throughout their lives. Does it translate to a boardroom, for example? Like one set of parents asked us if they could name their daughter Pixie. Mm. Um, And I said, well, can Pixie be a CEO? Or is this just a cute child name? Why can't you use Pixie as just a nickname and give her a traditional or a, a... a more adult-sounding name so it can grow with the child. So really look at it from the perspective of the kid. And one of the uh, exercises we say to do is go to a coffee shop and give them the name and see if they laugh at you, you know, see how people react to it and try on the name for a while. That's interesting. That will definitely be a great way to test it, though, because these are strangers. Exactly, exactly. So you're not bouncing it off friends and family, just go and try on the name for a while and see how people react to it. (laughs) Tell me, what about your thoughts? I mean, you know, obviously you and I are both women of color, and I kind of think about, um, you know, I wasn't born into a wealthy family, but, but, I mean, Georgette is not a horrible name, you know. Do you think, like, what what do you think about, do you feel for for the children that aren't born to wealthy parents that may have unique spelling names or even have names like a unique, which is, which is very interesting in itself as well. What are your thoughts about that? Um, I think, like, I understand with the celebrity kids, like, they're still a kid at the end of the day. And I was going to start saying, you got to think about that kid. You don't want to have that kid in your spotlight for the rest of their life. They need to have an identity of themselves. And if they are going into an office, you want to have a name that, even if it's unique, it can be a name of power that they can, like, live up to or that can stand out in that regard. Like, for example, Oprah Winfrey. She was told before she became who she is now that no one right. would want to listen to her her talk show by the name of Oprah. Well, billion dollars <laughs> later, <laughs> she clearly proved that that is far from true. So, right. you know, I feel like, like she said, it's really about how that child lives up to that name. And I feel like if the name has meaning behind it, then I feel like the child can embrace it more, even if it is eccentric, even if it is unique. It's like if you have a purpose behind why the name was given to you, then they can take that sense of ownership and parade that around. The, the interesting thing is because I, I, I mean, I literally saw this not too long ago, earlier today. So on Freakonomics, it was a, a documentary about just different scenarios, and obviously in there was about baby names. And there was a man, it was a, it was, it was a black man, and he named his two children, Winner and Loser. And I kid you, I'm not kidding. And I, my mouth dropped open because his name was a simple, traditional Robert. And then you're naming your child winner and loser. And so the first thing I thought about was, well, loser's already going down the wrong path, and he's going to live a life with this, that, and the third. But the way it played out in the documentary was it was the complete opposite. Loser started shortening his name to Lou, and he went on to do successful things and working the NYPD, and, I mean, just he led this, this, you know, phenomenal life. And then when you had the other son, was 
he was charged and, and you know, just nothing but, but charges and jails and all of that. And, and I don't, I, you know, sometimes I just wonder, what are parents thinking? I would never, ever name my child winner or loser. I, I just, I, that baffled me. That baffled me. Uh, I, I, I don't, because I don't know if you all saw, but what, 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 when it gets that outrageous, Jennifer, what do you say to that? What can you, what can you say to that? You know, I say that that's unfortunate, and again, I think it borders on abuse when you do that to a child. Um, I don't know what the thought was behind it. I don't know if it was a psychological experiment or what, <laughs> but it's unfortunate, and it's. I think it's abusive to do that to a yeah. child. I think it's. I think it's insane. So I, I kind of want to jump back to what you were saying earlier, Jennifer. So I know, you know, when it comes to 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 to, to us in the African American community, you know. They mentioned us in a way wanting to create unique names that rebelled against the white names or the white counterparts. Mm-hmm. And what about people that do want to name their child something something that 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 is meaningful? Is is it is it what what determines? I guess in the sense of what can you possibly think can make um, uh, a Saheed unemployable opposed to an Emily? Like, I mean, obviously, I'm just curious from the thought process behind that. You know, from from what you've outlined in your book and just even talking to people that would inquire about names, what just what turns people off about a name such as that, uh, opposed to a traditional name? Um, I think, you know, just like anything, people are more comfortable with what feels familiar to them. Um, and it comes from how a person is raised and their background and their prejudices, obviously. And like Tammy said, you know, even though this is 2013, it's not all wiped clean. You know, people still come with prejudices, unfortunately. Um, and it, it really depends on the person whether they can choose to keep their name and if they want to go up against it or if it's better for their profession to change it. You know, I don't, you know, fault Tammy for wanting to change it and what she's doing. Um, if it helps her career, so be it. That doesn't change her as a person, you know. So, and, you know, names are flexible. You can go by your middle name. You can shorten it. You can, you know, <laughs> lengthen it, and you can you can change it all together, you know. Right. So, Again, it's not cut in stone. You can always change your name. If it, so that's something that you would recommend, though, to people. If you, you know, just in Tammy's situation, you would recommend someone, you know, changing their name as they see fit, uh, if, if it's going to help them in the long run. Is that that's something that you obviously don't frown upon? Then correct. I don't frown upon it, but I think it's up to the individual. If they right. feel that they want to do it, I wouldn't recommend it either way. Absolutely yeah. not. I think it's really up to the individual and what they want to do. Now, do you all think, because um, one of the professors from, from the documentary, Roland G. Uh, Fryer Jr., he's a Harvard professor, he doesn't think, I mean, and obviously this is opinion-based, he doesn't think, you know, he doesn't believe a name will make or break a child's success. Um, it's really, he thinks it's based on the environment that the child grew up in, you know, was it low income? What was their upbringing? Do you, do you agree with that, Tammy? I'll start with you. Do you do you agree with that? I mean, again, it's uh, it's opinion based, but I'm just curious. To a degree, I agree. Like, you know, your name is it is like your environment which you grew up in. Like, my name's Tamika. I grew up in the inner city. I am not reflective of my environment. However, even though I know what I grew up with, I can't put that stigma on anyone else. Because what we have to realize is people are not as open-minded as we they should be. And people are very scared of differences. So it's like, yeah, it's true. The environment and where you grow up is going to really cultivate that person as a whole. But I just really do feel that the name can affect you. Like, for example, one of my friends, he was in a, <laughs> in a store, and a woman saw him. I was like, oh, my gosh, you seem so nice. And, like, a nice young man, he's an African-American man. He's like, I want to hook it up with my niece. And he was like, okay, what's your niece's name? She was like, Starkeisha. He was like, oh. <laughs> mm. <laughs> he wasn't interested. And he's a black man. And he told me, he was like, no offense, when I think of Starkeisha, I had an image in my head that I didn't want to be bothered with. He said, granted, she might not be like anything in the image represents, but I didn't want to take that risk. He said, how can I wow. take a Starkeisha with me to my business meeting? Yeah. 
That's so interesting. interesting is we did we did a survey of ba- of names and dating. And at the beginning of the survey, um we said does a name affect who you date? And then 65% of people say no. But then we went through and said would you date a Hitler? Would you date, you know, uh, Saxony? Would you? And we threw all these crazy <laughs> names at them. And then we asked the question again at the end of the survey, does a name affect who you date? And it was flipped. About 65% said yes, it would affect them. No, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up dating because that's the other thing. I, 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 it's funny that we, you know, you're very mindful of your name being discriminated against in the job force, but we do that subconsciously when it comes to dating because I know when I hear people's nicknames that sound anything remotely violent or they're trying too hard, I'm just like, I don't want to be bothered. And, it, it, Tammy, I actually agree. I, I, You know, I mean, it's unfortunate for, for the, the star Keisha, but if I hear, like, yo, my nickname is, you know, um, it could be anything like David, Flip the gun, Smith, and I'm just gonna be like, why would you even give yourself a nickname like that? I I, I agree, Jennifer. Like that would turn me off because I'm just like, we're adults, and you're still giving yourself these types of nicknames or names, and it just kind of throws me off. It throws yeah. me off. So uh, <laughs> that's too funny. Dating, I totally forgot about that. That, well, I mean, have you, Tammy, have you ever come across a name of someone that you dated where you're just like, yeah, I'm gonna pass because of their name? Um. I haven't, as far as the name. No, I haven't. So I can't say that. But like you said, if there was a name that was like, I mean, for example, let's say for women, we're getting married, as <laughs> hopefully one day, um, we're going to get married. And I think as women, we forgot when we were kids, we would think about what we want our last name to be. Right. So it was like, even in that regard, it's like that's still, even though it's not the first name, it's still a part of a name. And it's like, do you want to take on that name for the rest of your life? And some people would determine that and say, I don't, uh, I'd rather keep my maiden name. <laughs> so, I mean, to a degree, I mean, I wouldn't not date a person because of their last name or first name, but, you know, if you hear the name and you don't see the person, it may, depending on, like, if their name is, you know, I shoot them in their sleep, nickname, I, I just might not want to talk to somebody who nicknames <laughs> <laughs> they do get outlandish a little bit. I I agree. They're they're getting a little bit outlandish. So Jennifer, I really want to just kind of walk through real quick. Um, just can you outline some of the steps in your book or some things mm-hmm. or insights that you give people uh, on when it comes to naming uh, their baby? Yeah, um, I can go through the tips that we give in our book and on our website. First yeah. is when you're looking for a name and you just don't know where to start. Is look at your own personal history and your traditions. Like, look at um, your family tree, and not just the first names, because surnames are becoming hugely popular now. So that's a great way to honor a whole branch of your family tree is to use a surname from your family. Mm -hmm. Um, We do recommend it's easy to spell and easy to pronounce, because you've all known girls who, you know, my name is Jennifer with a PH, and they're going to have to spell it like that for people the rest of their lives, you know, and it becomes a burden. Or teachers who can't pronounce your name every time you go to a new class. Um, We also say to consider the popularity and saturation. When a name is on the top ten list, it kind of dates you. Like Jennifer, people know it's from the 60s or 70s pretty much because it became the number one name back then. Um, We do say to consider jokes and puns and schoolyard taunts, which is like the one thing people do usually think about. Um, Funny enough, it's usually the guys who think more about that than the women, and um, men are really more particular about boys' names in that regard. Oh, no, it rhymes with this or that. Um, So we say to stay away from that. Um, you have to think of the first name and the last name together, and we say make sure it has a good rhythm and flow. You know, if you have a a really long last name, you might not want to choose a really long first name. You might want to have a little balance there. And the middle names don't really count as much because very rarely do you call somebody by their first, middle, and last name unless, you you know, you're angry with them. Parents use it, but... (laughs) <laughs> you know, rarely is your middle name used like that, um, unless you're getting yelled at or during graduation. So think about just the first and the last name together. 
Um, and also, some parents um, are concerned with gender identification, and some actually want to cross gender identification. It's very common for boys' names now to show up on the girls' lists, and that's because parents want to put their girls on, you know, equal grounding with the boys. So names like Jordan have become popular from, for girls, um, and. Even names that you identify with girls now, like Brittany and Ashley, used to be boys' names <laughs> and have actually crossed over to the girls' charts and become girls' names. So you have to think of do you want a gender-neutral name or do you want something that's gender-identifiable. you know, identifiable. So those are the kinds of things that we go over with with the parent you know, when well, they ask are, for our advice. Those are great points. I mean, again, I feel, Timmy, I don't know about you, I feel so overwhelmed. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm glad I don't have any children right now because I, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, but, no, those are some great, great tips and points. Um, what, what, what feedback have you received, Jennifer, in regards to, to, to those? I mean, obviously it seems like it's working, you know, for people that come to your website because you're getting a lot of, you know, um, hits and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, traffic. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of times people don't think about that. They're Like I said, they're either overwhelmed or they don't know where to start. Um, so we say, you know, start with the people who you love and the people who have influenced you throughout your life, you know, favorite teachers, what were their names. You know, start keeping a list together and make sure that both partners um, are contributing to the baby name pool and it not that one partner doesn't just have veto power because a lot of times the um, wife will come up with a bunch of names and the husband will just be like, no, 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 no. It's very common for that to happen. But um, that doesn't work too well because then both partners get frustrated. So make sure that both partners are brainstorming or what we say name storming and coming to the table with ideas. I love it. I love it. Thank you, ladies, for joining me today. Oh, my gosh, I, I enjoyed this conversation. And, again, it kind of opened up my eyes. So I have some things to keep in mind next time or whenever my first child happens. Uh, but, Jennifer, how can they find you online with your book, your website, and some things that you're working on? Definitely at babynames.com. You can find me there. And um, our Facebook page is babynames.com spelled out. And that's our Twitter handle as well. So you can always contact me there. I'm happy to answer questions on Twitter. Perfect. And, Tammy, how can they find you online as well? You can visit me at www.tammyncook.com, or you can have my Twitter, which is it's, I-T-S, Tammy C. And I also have a skincare page on Facebook, and it's called Tammy C. Period, Licensed Skincare Expert. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Jennifer, Tammy, thank you both for your time. I am so appreciative um, for your insight as well on the conversation. So I have to thank my guests for joining me, Um, Tammy Cook and Jennifer Moss. They were great, as well as my guest correspondent, Norman. Can't ever forget about him. Again, you can find Tammy Cook online via her website um, at TammyMCook.com and Twitter. It's Tammy C-I-T-S. T-A-M-I-C. You can find Jennifer Moss online via her website, jennifermoss.com, and Twitter, Mossifer, M-O-S-S-I-F-E-R, or her website, official Twitter handle, which is babynames.com, spelled out. Follow Norman at your own risk, at Normie Norman. You can find me on, um, at Georgette Pierre. You can catch this episode and other archive shows, podcasting on iTunes by searching off the record which would appear in the iTunes store, as well as searching that in TuneIn and Stitcher radio apps. I'd like to leave you with one of my, my Georgianisms. I'm revisiting one of my favorite quotes. This is by Freya Stark. There can be no happiness if the things we believe in are different from the things we do. Thanks for listening to Off the Record with Georgette Pierre. Peace.